0: Welcome welcome everybody to the Highland Talk Trade Deadline Special. We are officially under 24 hours from the NBA trading deadline at 3 p.m. tomorrow. Already a ton has emerged. So many things to get into, so many changes so many things to anticipate. I am Sam King, joined always by my friend Mitch Wolf. Mitch, we were talking about this earlier today. This is gearing up to be one of the probably the craziest deadline in recent memory.
1: Yeah, typically in the NBA, you know, as much as we, we the larger deals will happen in the offseason, Superstar isn't going to sign with the smaller franchise, wants to go play with Superstar Y, and then they get traded to the other city. We're seeing a lot of big names getting moved and potentially even bigger ones, right? We've already seen CJ McCollum, DeMontis Sabonis, Karis Levert, among others. We might see a James Harden for Ben Simmons swap. We'll get into that a bit later. But Sam, enough with the chit-chat. Let's get started on the deals that have been made. Let's start right away at the top with the first deal that happened. Uh, let's talk about the, the Indiana Pacers and they traded Karis LeVert, a 2022 second round pick from Miami, to Cleveland for Ricky Rubio, who is out for the season of the Torn ACL, a lottery protected first this year, Houston's second rounder this year, as well as a 2027 second from the Utah Jazz. How do you grade this for the Cavs and what does it mean for them?
0: I think the Cavs. There have been talks for weeks about LeVert going. To the Cavs, and I think home run deal for the Cavs. Not only do they give up Rubio's expiring contract, which would be really funny because I saw a lot of things on Twitter that Rubio's going to sign back with them in the offseason, whatever, but they really didn't have to give up a whole ton. These are assets that were expendable, clearly. The first second round, they're from Houston. The second round are from Utah. is 2027. and it's a lottery-protected pick, so who knows where that's going to land? And this is a trade that the Cavs got the guy they needed. LaVert fits right in with them. He's a level He's a high-level scorer that can score pretty much everywhere of the court. He dropped, He's dropped over 30 points multiple times this season. He's the offensive spark that they need that they lost with Colin Sexton, and it gives them that edge. And right now the Cavs are sitting at a top five seed in the in the East. With this addition, they, I think they could potentially compete for the Eastern Conference crown. I genuinely think this puts them over the top. It gives them a lot more depth at the forward position and the guard position because you can move from the shooting guard. He can play. He's both- a wing. He's a wing, but he can play shooting guard if you need him to. He is a great asset for this Cavs team that that needs some offensive spark.
1: You know, I gave him. I B gave an A
0: minus. A minus for me.
1: Yep, I was a bit more bearish on this. I gave him a B minus, as Levert was definitely the right fit for them. I don't. I think they gave him a fair amount of assets here, but for me, his efficiency is very low, and he tends to do better when he gets high volume, like the uh, typical. I'll get a hundred yards in terms of football, a hundred yards per game, a hundred yards per game on 30 carries, right? That's, that's Karis LeVert in a nutshell. Darius Garland plays very high efficiency. I think it was the right fit. I gave him a B, I said, as I said, him a B minus here. This was definitely the best fit. The value is right. I just don't know if he's exactly what they think they're getting with him. Long-term, it'll be interesting to see how he fits into their plans.
0: Now, in terms of the Pacers, Sam, what grade do you give them? I give them a little bit of a B plus, to be honest, when I saw what the Pacers got back, I thought the Pacers were going to, the Cavs were going to have to give up a lot more. I thought they were going to have to give up one of their forwards, like Shady Osman. I thought maybe Kevin Love would be in play, maybe Brandon Wood. I thought they would just give up a lot more. I didn't expect Rubio to be in this deal at all, and I thought the cat, the Pacers, I think could have gotten back a little bit more. But then as I trade process, everyone says that this was the market value. So I think for what Lavert was worth, I gave this sort of, I guess, a B plus. Personally, I think Levert is worth more given his upside as a scorer and that it can basically take over a game at any given moment. And that really gives the Cavs a really definitive end. So I think they could have gone a little bit more, but nonetheless, I think it's solid value. So I gave it a B plus.
1: I gave the Pacers an A- here. First trade they made of this mini fire sale we're going to see going on, getting into more later. I think they got good value for him, especially saying what they gave up to get him was like Oladipo, and he even last season with the Rockets, mind you. Lavert came over as part of, of as part of the James Harden deal last season, and I think they made. Abandon- it's
0: so funny. I'm sorry, that is too funny.
1: It's unfortunate that didn't work out, but like I when I when I look at deals that players only go for a year or less than or like a year or so or two or two partial seasons, it's kind of a rental situation in my head, and for me. Kind of like a stock, they flipped Levert for more than they paid for him. So good deal there. I give them an A minus. I can't really give it higher, saying that it fleece them here. But I think this is winds up being a win for both sides in the short term and possibly the long term. The Cavs still have Levert for I believe one more season after this one.
0: Yeah, and it's good because it also gives more spots. Like Duarte now can sort of slide in and take on a more extensive role, and maybe put him into the starting lineup. So I think the Pacers are clearly signaling that they want to try to build around these, like we expected. They want to try to build around these young guys more, as we're probably going to see with this next trade.
1: And you know, Sam, speaking of young players, the Pacers tend to have been noted this trade deadline season to prefer young players to draft picks. So for our next trade, well, let's get the Demontis Sabonis trade. The Pacers <laughs> traded Demontis Sabonis, Jeremy Lamb, and Justin Holiday. And unlike Woj said yesterday, Jeremy Lamb and Jeremy Lamb, no, it was Justin Holiday and their 20s, 27 second rounder to the Sacramento Kings for Tyrese Halliburton, Buddy Hill, and Tristan Thompson. Now, this was a trade that kind of shocked a lot of people and definitely shocked
0: me. It shocked everyone. It shocked everyone.
1: <laughs> I personally thought the Kings were going to go for a bigger move, maybe try and get Ben Simmons or McCollum to, like, finally get them over. But this is a big, big move, Sam. Was it signal for uh, both
0: teams? Okay. I'm going to go on a limb doing what the kings do best which is confusing the entire nba with stuff that they do i thought the aaron fox would be the guy to go not tyrese halliburton unless they were getting ben simmons back and i really do not i did not like this trade by the respect of the kings and i'm a big fan of demont's as a bonus he's one of the he's, he's been one of the best power forwards for the past two years and no no disrespect but you gave up a guy who just a week ago dropped Almost 40 on a Sixers team and almost led, single-handedly led you to a win. Halliburton, I think, is going to be a star in this league. They give a buddy heel to, isn't necessarily a deeper group, but has been wanting out for a while. And the Pacers got the best value they could have ever gone for as a bonus. I never thought they would get this kind of value. Home run deal by the Pacers. I have no idea what the Kings were thinking, unless they're planning on swinging something else. I really think De'Aaron Fox instead of Tyrese Halliburton would have gone. All right, Sam. So, what are
1: you grading both these teams?
0: Okay, Kings. I gave a D minus. Again, I love Sabonis, and I think I don't know how him and De'Aaron Posh are going to complement each other well because Sabonis is a bit, very much a low post guy. He bangs in the post a lot. He, that's where he gets a lot of the scoring from. Fox, on the other hand, is one of the fastest players in the league, and he's a downhill. He's a downhill player. He tries. He gets to the rack. Tries to do by your best player, and I'm sort of confused how that's going to work out. Also, Rashawn Holmes is still there. He's also a guy that gets primarily the scoring from from inside. And I'm very confused as to how that is going to go. So I guess I gave it a D minus just because I think giving up Halliburton was a just terrible move by the Kings. And unless they're playing on swinging something incredibly big and they're going to go all in on a postseason run this year, I don't see any point for this unless they're going to give up De'Aaron Fox instead of Tyrese Halliburton. Because this signals that they're going to try to stick in mediocrity for the future.
1: You know what, Sam? I'll get into this for a second. The trade I really want to see the Kings make, if they were going to go trade for Ben Simmons, was trading for Julius Randle because I wanted De'Aaron yeah. Fox in the Knicks. A little selfish of me, but I gave the Kings a D-plus here. I, I Wow, think you're generous. I'm generous because they got the best player in the deal, DeMontis Sabonis, under contract for the next three years. So, well, two-plus this run. I think it's an awkward fit, right? We're Tron homes. They just signed to a four-year deal. He's been playing well in the five spot and the way that Sabonis's game and Turner's game overlapped was a lot more manageable than the way Holmes and Sabonis overlapped. So that's going to be a challenge. Not to mention Harrison Barnes was playing better at the power forward than he was at the small forward by a significant margin. So Sabonis displaces both of those fits. Again, they have to, I think they have some other move up, up their up their sleeve, but really... You're sacrificing whatever you have in the future for a shot to play in.
0: They're one m- game out, but like to a point, it's like Darren Fox is great, but he's not like, he's <laughs> not a guy who can carry you to a team. It's the bonus also is like that guy. They're like two number two, two options. And Halliburton wasn't just a guy that can facilitate the offense. He was a pretty solid shooter. And he's a guy that was developing into a very solid three level score that can also facilitate a real true point guard.
1: I mean, he has been inconsistent this year for only averaging 13 points over the whole season, but he's had bursts. And we've seen, we've seen, we've seen,
0: we've seen the upside, right? We've
1: seen the upside. If anything, I think the Kings sold high on Halliburton, right? I don't think they're going to find, unless he developed into a superstar that we think he can be right away. The Kings were not getting more value for Halliburton than they got right now. Right. On the other hand, like Jeremy Lamb and Justin Holiday are going to fill in for them. Davion Mitchell not having the greatest rookie year after, off a championship, but I think he'll wind up bouncing back. On the pacer side of things, I give an A here, mainly because you got a I think you got a cornerstone for your future in Tyrese Halliburton. Buddy Hill, Tristan Thompson don't really be much, could likely be flipped again, whether now or we're in the offseason. And this and the Pacers were not looking to get anyone in terms of pickbacks. They want young players. I, we, well, whether they do now, whether they go trade Miles Turner or TJ Warren or Malcolm Brogdon or someone else, is set to be seen. But overall, I think the Pacers had made two good deals yesterday.
0: The I Kings, agree. And
1: and on one more thing, on the Kings, Sam, we have this tendency in sports, right? Bill James wrote in Moneyball. Brad Pitt quoted in the movie playing Billy Beane. Yeah. You lose a trade when you you're never going to regret the signing. You're going to regret forcing a trade. And I think the Kings will wind up long term regretting this trade. But again, you're sacrificing what you want in the future for what you want now is to get a play. I'm in the playoffs for 15 years. I so get the urgency but I don't see the Seattle Mariners going to trade their top prospects to go get, to go get a rental, the one game wild card. I'm
0: Jared clinic. Uh,
1: yeah. All right. So enough for the Pacers. Now let's get into the probably the best player that was moved yesterday. So far this deadline, in my opinion, and CJ McCollum, the Blazers trade him along with Larry Ness jr. And Tony Snell to the Pelicans for Josh Hart, Thomas Sodoransky, Nikhil Alexander Walker, DD Luzada, a protected first this year and two second rounders. That protected first is lottery is protected in the event that if they make if the Pelicans miss the playoffs or lose in the play-in game, they only keep that pick if it's one through four, five through fourteen to the Blazers. And if they win the play, it's um, just me late twenty early twenties pick.
0: Before we discuss this trade, can someone check in on Damian Lillard real quick? Like seriously, like he's you know that meme where like everyone's left, like he's there's like the one person left behind, like Damian Lillard just... Rip-Rip City. I, I really hope. Oh, my gosh. Like, it's – I just want to jump right into this trade from the Blazers' perspective. I mean, they are, there was already a head-scratcher with the Norman Powell and Robert Covington deal, which seems like they got absolutely fleeced by the Clippers. And then they go out and trade CJ McCollum. And Josh Hart and Tom Saransky are solid players and Keel Alexander-Walker is also a solid young piece. But it's just I feel they could have gotten so much more. We all thought McCollum was going to try to go to someplace like Philadelphia. There were rumors of rumors of that. And they could have maybe been in play for Ben Simmons. There are real talks of that. But it seems like I think they could have gotten a lot more value for him in the Blazers. And this signifies that the Blazers are just absolutely cleaning house. Unless they have something crazy up their sleeves, it just seems like all. Oh, Every man for him, every every person for themselves. I gave this trend a C. I thought the Blazers should have gone a lot more from McCollum. He's been one of I think he's been the top thirty players. one of the, him and Dam have been one of the best backcourts ever since they were drafted together. I saw the stat; they're one of one of eight backcourts to, to average twenty consistently every one of the eight players to average twenty every single year. McCollum. They. This is a team that was in the Eastern Conference Finals. Western three, Western Conference Finals three years ago. And now we're talking about them, and we're talking about how Dame's going to be the superstar and lead them back to the promised land. And now we're talking about them potentially being a cellar dweller.
1: You know, I don't view this the same way at all, Sam. Completely disagree with you on a lot of what you said. I understand, obviously, it's kind of an error in Rip City, McCollum being traded. Not to mention, I gave them an A I gave an A minus here to the Blazers. I think they did better than you think. So likely, if the Pelicans don't get in the play, if the Pelicans will likely finish as the ten or eleven in the West. Maybe the nine likely losing the play-in realistically based on their team so the blazers blazers will get that pick will wind up being around 11 per tankathon in other sites the blazers will also have a high lottery pick because they've had an awful season so you're looking at potentially two you're looking at two lottery picks that can really change your franchise if you hit on them like they hit on Lillard and McCullough they also have cap space now because of the guys they just brought in right Hart, Senoransky, everyone else Luzada, Walker Combined are making basically half of McCollum's cap hit. And they got two second rounders there. So I think they I think they were focusing more on sap, cap relief. Not to mention Anfernie Simmons has really come into his own and is a bigger version of McCollum, which is probably a better backcourt pairing with them. So I okay, think but
0: if I may, like unless the Blazers are going all in on this offseason, like they think they're gonna get a Bradley Beal. They're gonna get they're gonna get like a Russell Bay. If they think that this offseason is their time to strike where the iron is hot, then that's really the only reason, like you mentioned, all these short contracts, like, unless they're going to cash in and two picks that they have, maybe they could be in play for Jeremy Grant. I don't know. I don't think know. they're, di- they're trading p- for
1: Jeremy Grant. I think they're said
0: The Pistons did say that their value was two first rounders, so it's just a thought, but I really don't see a real point of this unless the Blazers are going all in on this offseason.
1: I don't think they're going all in this offseason. I think they're trying to rebuild their team because they saw their ceiling, not to mention McCollum isn't playing worth his cap hit, right? Obviously, he's been All Star, but in his, are you betting on a guy in his 30s while he's physically declining to to put to be that All Star when he's only been there like once or twice in his career? Let me just make sure on that number for a second. Sam, how many All Star games has he been in? One, I believe. Let's just good confirm. chance he may have been none. He's made at least ones. Uh, just to clarify, per Land of basketball.com, he's been All Star. I believe one season, he's been an All-Star, none? Well, I think I want to say one.
0: None. Never made an All-Star team.
1: He's never made an All-Star team. He's getting paid All-Star money. So on the Blazers, from a pure financial, from, from an economical standpoint, this was the right move to make. And I think they're going to wind up being better off long-term. Now, the biggest question for them, like they could resign Jurkic, They obviously have a lot of guards. We'll get into that in a second. What happens with Dame now? Do you think Dame stays or right. do you think Dame
0: I, I, I think what they're going to do is sort of, I think they're going to play the season out and then have a real talk with Dame in the offseason, maybe during draft time. And like, but I think they're going to put the ball in his court and let him, let him make the final call. Cause they put themselves in a position where like they potentially could maybe go after someone like a draft day trade. And like they maybe could ask Dame if he really wants to stick around and, re, and they can rebuild around him. I think they're going to really put the ball on his court.
1: All right. Now let's talk about the Pelicans for a second. I'll go first here. I like the fit again, obviously, trading Walker and all these guys to make this happen is signifying that your point guard and your backcourt experiment failed, right? Traded for Lonzo Ball in the FA Davis deal, sign and trade away. Kira Lewis Jr. out for the season with an ACL tier. Nikhil Alexander Walker did not play well. Josh Hart, need to facilitate this trade. You got McCollum, who's a pretty efficient scorer and will line up well with Zion when he's back, Brandon Ingram. Give someone who can bring up the ball in that second unit when he's not playing. I think that was a good move. Uh, I I'm not sure about Tony Stell so much, but I believe he's played there before, right? Yeah. Uh, I I like though I I I think they were more justified in including the first round pick here by getting Larry Nance Jr. as well. He'll be a small ball center for them to close off line lineups. Not to mention the Trail Blazers gave a first round pick for him last year, so I gave this a B minus. I'm trending more towards a like B, high B minus, low B. The grade if if their backcourt experiment had not failed, this would be a higher grade, but this is why you have to draft and develop well. So you don't have to go so, out and trade,
0: and trade valuable picks. Imagine if Lonzo Ball was still on this team. Like, that would be fun to watch. Lonzo, didn't, they didn't give Lonzo an incentive to
1: stay. Yeah,
0: exactly. They could have matched so, him. They didn't have to sign and trade him. They could have matched him. But here's, what I disagree with you. I think this is a great trade for the Pelicans. Like, maybe they, they gave up a lot. Not to deny that. But the Pelicans realized that you want to try to, Zion around, they want to try to please him at some point, and this is a trade that signifies to like they're going to try to get Zion to stay by making a run. Herb Jones has come out of, has come out of the gate this year and has a chance to be all team all team first all first rookie team. He's been playing incredible basketball, especially on the defensive side, been one of the best defensive guards in the NBA. Brandon Ingram, since coming back from injury, has been playing out of his mind, playing like the all star that he is. And the Pelican and Valanciunas has also been a very very much the top 15 center in the NBA. He's been playing very good basketball. And McCollum was the offensive spark plug that this team needs. Another shooter, a guy you know can go out and get you a bucket. And he's got playoff experience. This guy, he's been to the playoffs many times. And once this team gets there, during the boogie, during the boogie AD experience, this team got completely destroyed in the playoffs because they didn't have any experience. They They got it handed to them. And having a guy like McCollum who has playoff experience and knows what's coming, Especially going to almost the highest level of play at at the NBA level. I think that'll be a big, big help for them as I try to push for a playing spot. They're very, I think they're about one game out of the play in. I think they they're are, very much. They beat. have a game and a half
1: lead on Portland, actually, for the next for the for the last spot.
0: I think they can compete for like a seven or eight seed, a higher play in seed. I think they're definitely gonna be up be up there competing.
1: Yeah, but like Sam, right? We're talking about the talk about the Kings the Kings who are three games by the Pelicans right now. Pelicans also have two games at hand there how much are you trading to get, like, how desperately do you get the playoffs that you're going to mortgage whatever to get in right now,
0: right? Just I think a, it's less about making the playoffs and more about, like, finding his eye on, like, what the Bulls sort of did with Zach, mm-hmm. or trying to do with Zach Levine. They got Nikola Buzic, they got Lonzo Ball, they got Alex Gris, they got DeMar DeRozan, like, they wanted to stay around.
1: Yeah, and I think on the Portland side of things, they had a lot more guards here. But in our next trade, we'll get into this now. This happened a bit earlier today
0: literally th- like two hours ago
1: in a three-team deal between the Utah jazz trail blazers and spurs the jazz acquired Nikhil Alexander Walker from Portland and one Joe Hernan Gomez from the spurs the spurs are getting Thomas Sodoransky in a second round pick the blazers got Joe Ingalls Elijah Hughes in a second rounder honestly for the from the blazers perspective they had a lot of guards that they just traded for and got rid of most of them to get some guys who are can play at the three which I think was a smart move for their part uh I think Utah's right to take on that project. That is Alexander Walker. Watch Hernan Gomez will give them some center depth. And for the Spurs side, Sodoransky is a nice pick in the second rounders. are just really fillers, right?
0: Right. And and I don't think the Spurs are done dealing. And the Spurs are in a very weird spot. They're more towards the bottom. Weird seeing them at the bottom of the league because they've been such a dominant force for so long. But DeJounte Murray just made an all-star team. And... I, I think he's a name to watch. I think the Spurs will keep on to him. But nonetheless, the Spurs are going to make a deal. Two guys to watch are Jakob Purtle and DeJounte Murray. They could very much be in play, especially the Raptors have been linked to him. The Knicks have been linked to DeJounte Murray. Two names to watch. But I think of this, like, San he's always been a very solid, very solid bench point guard. But, like, Joe Ingles is out for the year. And you're right. I guess it's sort of, like, clear the logjam at guard for the Blazers, which I thought was solid. But I feel like, I don't know, I just feel like it's weird seeing Joe... We've seen two players that are out for the year get traded so far, and it just sort of weird. There's a reason for that, though, willingly because you're right. using your it for salary. Right, and it just sort of, I guess, weird for me seeing that play out as much as it is, especially this year. I mean, don't get me wrong, Ingles is a very solid player when healthy, but I don't think that's what the Blazers got him for.
1: No, all right, now let's. We've talked enough about trade. Sam, let's go into rumors for a bit. Uh, let's start with the, let's start with the elephant in the room, <laughs> or the elephant in the Barclays Center, to be more precise. James Harden, no secret that he's going to test for agency. The question, it, right, it takes a lot of balls to decline a $50 million option, but when you've made plenty of money in your career from both on and off the court, you can do stuff like that.
0: Now, Sam, do you think the Nets trade James Harden for the deadline or not? I've been checking my Twitter all day on this, and you talk about elephants in the room. This elephant is mad, and he is not forgetting. He is stomping his boots. He is that James Harden, according to Mark Stein, he's been, like, voicing his concerns, like, stepping on a soapbox and screaming. Like, he has voiced every possible way that he he wants out. And I think the Nets would be stupid not to get him for, not to let him walk for nothing. Whether a deal is done now is yet to be seen. I personally think that he will be traded, whether that's now or in the offseason. I think Honestly, it's probably. I think it's going to happen. Now there've been so many rumors flying around that there've been conversations. They haven't been. It's like it's a complete mind. <laughs> My mind's been getting pulled in so many different directions. But I honestly do think when they have a player that's voicing his concerns, this vocally and this intensively, I don't see a reason that they won't trade him.
1: Per SB Nation, the James Harden screaming out, screaming his way out of Brooklyn. Now, to me, there's only one destination if he does get traded and we both know this is, it's gotta, it's gotta be, it's gotta be Philly, right? There's mm-hmm. no other spot that makes sense. Ben Simmons, the centerpiece back, the real difference there coming down to what else comes back with Simmons. The Sixers would love, yeah. love for to be Simmons and Simmons only. The Nets are going to want likely one of two guys back with him that the sick that is not willing to give up, which are Tyrese Maxey and Matisse Thiable.
0: Supposedly Seth Curry. Seth Curry has also been linked.
1: Seth Curry's been linked. Again, he's Doc Rivers' son-in-law, but Doc Rivers has traded his son away before. So I don't think that's a barrier. <laughs> Unless Daddy's little girl gives him a fight about it, which might happen. Uh, so they asked the Nets supposedly asked for Maxie back with him. Sixer said he's untouchable. The next the Nets counter with was Simmons, Thighbull. Uh, Seth Curry and Andre Drummond. Yeah, wow. Like, this is like 2K. This is like 2K level trades. Like, this is like 2K stuff. A, you don't see this every day. And personally, the Nets might be better off, like, with Ben Simmons than with Harden.
0: Ben Simmons can sort of fit that mold for him. Like, he he can't do stuff without the ball, but, like, he's a playmaker. He's a defender. But the thing is, I'm like, you don't know what Ben Simmons looks like. We don't know if he's a basketball shape. We don't even know if he's working out right now. So yeah. there are a lot of question marks surrounding him, but I do think he is a better fit in Brooklyn as not only does he provide all of his assets, but he's a younger guy. So if they decide that they want to blow up this whole big three experiment, they can build around Simmons.
1: Uh Yeah, one more thing, Sam. Who do you think has leverage in trade negotiations between the Sixers and the Nets?
0: <sighs> Who has leverage? Who has, Who has the upper hand? Who has the upper hand on these? I really don't think anyone... Really has the upper hand because the Sixers are very much in a good position. They're right now treading towards the top of the Eastern Conference. They're in no rush. Daryl, the Sixers probably do have the upper hand now that I'm speaking out loud. Because think about it: James Harden is leaving in the offseason, no matter what. Like, let's just say what it is, and he's most likely going to Philly. So the Nets are now pressured to make a move and not let him walk for nothing. And the Sixers are right now treading towards the top of the Eastern Conference. Joel Embiid's playing like an MVP. They have assets to play with the Nets. have lost nine straights. They're an absolute mess. They've got guys injured out of the lineup, and now we're not where they want to be. There's pressure to make a move, and they don't have necessarily have assets besides Harden to really work with.
1: You know, I think it's the opposite, actually, after spending a lot of time with Philly's beat writers, Thanks, Jeremy. Uh, for that, shout out to my roommate, big Philly fan, big Sixers fan. He's been, like, waiting for, like, this trade to break. I want to get his reaction on video, but... That obviously hasn't happened yet.
0: If this trade it, goes down while we're on, while we're on, oh my gosh.
1: I think the Nets have the upper hand here for a couple of different reasons. One being they don't want to trade Harden. Harden wants out. Now, two, James Harden is playing. Ben Simmons is not. There's no guarantee if the trade deadline passes and this doesn't happen that Simmons is going to play. Not to mention Governor Kathy, Kathy Hochul removed mask mandates for businesses in New York starting tomorrow. We we likely will see an ability for Kyrie Irving to come back and play at home this season. The way this is trending. I don't want to be, I don't know exactly what the parameters of that would be, but not to mention Harden likely winds up signing with the Sixers in the off season. The Sixers then would have to find a way to move clear 50 million in salary likely means a sign and trade with the Nets with either Tobias Harris, Ben Simmons, or some combo heading back. So the Nets' outlook isn't any worse. This I don't think the Nets are contending for a title this year. The Sixers might if they can pull this off. I don't think the Nets outlook changes so much with the deal in the positive or the negative. The Sixers, the only way the Sixers come out, come out winners here if they don't make this trade is if Ben Simmons comes back and produces, which A, it's not guaranteed, comes back, and B, it's not guaranteed, produces at the levels we're accustomed to. So I think the Sixers are more pressured to get a deal done because it's also holding the back from regular trade. Whether they trade Tobias Harris, whether they make make a move elsewhere.
0: The craziest trade that I saw was that we do this whole trade chain Tarn and the Nets, but Tobias Harris is involved in a three team deal. That Two. Tobias Harris gets shipped to the Oklahoma City Thunder. Yeah, so they are willing the th- to take on.
1: Yeah, the Thunder will take that on for like contract. three picks.
0: Right, exactly. Yeah, and, so and the t- Thunder are in a prime position to do that.
1: Let's stay within the Atlantic here for a couple more minutes, Sam, because we covered already the, the two biggest, the biggest storylines. Let's talk about Boston. Let's go Let's ship up to Boston for a second. What do you think is going to happen there? Currently Celtics have been on a roll lately, currently sitting tied with the Raptors in terms of games for the sixth seed, but are seventh based on one percentage tiebreaker Raptors have two games, have four games in hand on them. Celtics 31, 25, seven C in the East they're over the luxury tax right now, someone's, got to, someone's going to get moved because they don't have money to sign anyone, and there's, they, they shouldn't be paying that taxpayer. I think Schroeder personally will be the one to get moved just because it makes the most sense. But do you see Marcus Smart or maybe a J, even a Jalen Brown or, or Romeo Langford, someone like that, getting moved?
0: I think Jalen Brown is staying put. The Celtics, uh, right now, they have an ability to sell high on players. And like you said, like they are right now the hottest team in the NBA. They just absolutely stuck it to the next. They have the best defensive rating in the league over these past few weeks. And I'm gonna say that, like I said, like last week, I think Malcolm Brogdon is the guy they target. I think Marcus Smart should be involved in a deal for that because Brogdon' contract isn't cheap. But if they want to try to go and go in and try to make a run and build off this momentum, Malcolm Brogdon, I believe, is the guy. He's not gonna you're not gonna need him to score all the time. He's a secondary option that you can rely on, and. I there have been a lot of calls for people about Dennis Schroeder. The Lakers have been involved. I've heard they've the names have been, have been rumored also. I don't know if it can work, but maybe
1: they go get Russell Westbrook in some sort of swap. I don't know if the, the money's not going to work there.
0: I don't think that I don't think that's a good fit right now. Just in terms of we've seen we'll go ahead Russell Westbrook a little bit later, but it's the fit doesn't seem right when you already have two ball dominant players in Brown and Tatum. But I think Brogdon is the move here. And I think Romeo Langford has been rumored to be Grant Williams. Also young guys, young guys, great wing defenders that have offensive promise. They very much have, the Celtics always have had assets and they always will. They've always been seen team as good at developing assets and Grant Williams and Romeo Langford are testaments that they're assets that teams can maybe be and want to take a chance on.
1: I also don't know how good negotiator Brad Stevens is. So that should be interesting. This is his first deadline season.
0: Uh, and
1: and and in terms of people unfit to be GMs, let's move over to the New York Knicks for a second.
0: Ooh, hold up, Mitch, if we made before. The Raptors are a team to watch. By the way, they've been linked to Miles Turner. Watch out for them. They're right now also. I don't know if Turner gets traded now that they move. I don't know if he gets traded, but the Raptors may make a move. They've been one of the hotter, one of the more impressive teams in the league of the past few weeks, along with the Celtics. They are a team to, to watch definitely.
1: Yep, as I update NBA Twitter to make sure we're not missing anything. Okay. Yeah, uh, there we
0: go. On to let's round out the
1: most exciting division in, in, in basketball with our New York Knicks. This season did not go as plus. Start the rant. You want me to start? <laughs> I'll start the rant. Let's first talk about organizational structure as I am taking internal management this semester and still have work to do for that class to submit by midnight. <laughs> Can you explain to me how you make a trade for a young player, give up a valuable asset in a first <laughs> round pick, still so get Ken Reddish? And now you want to go trade him because Tom Thibodeau
0: isn't playing him? For those who have been following, the Knicks are rumored to not rule out a Cam Reddish deal, which is, at, if you're a Knicks fan, you should be... That's kind of stupid. Be- you don't trade for a guy and then
1: 10 days later, flip him. That's kind of weird. I've seen it today. And, and by the way, the Knicks can only trade Reddish on his own based on like the trade rules. They can't package him. Obviously, there's a way to get around that. You do a bigger deal and then you do a similar deal. with You add the Reddish portion to the deal to make it work. Yeah. I don't think... The Knicks should do that, but Julius Randall might be available. Kemba Walker, likely, Alec Burks, Mitch Ro- Mitchell Robinson, Nerlos Noel, Evan Fournier. Sam, do any of the Knicks players have value at this point though? Like are they, like besides for Alec Burks, is that like the only one who really can like, it, like is a sell high? Like you're gonna go so, trade Fournier now. When who wants Fournier? Who wants Derek Rose has been injured? Darren Fox was a name for Julius Randle. I thought could kind have of worked, but that's not happening now because the Kings trade for Sabonis.
0: Right. And you mentioned Darren Fox. I think he's fully off the table now that Taliburton has been traded. And the Knicks, I've been looking for an upgraded point guard for a while. And it seems like they're probably not going to get it unless Darren Fox, for some crazy reason, the Kings decide to make him available. We've seen crazier. But Randall looks like the guy that has the most value as he's shown he can't be a number one option, but he can be a secondary scorer for your team. He can get, he's a guy that can bruise inside, get your bucket when he needs. And we've seen Randall at his best. What is that he's a triple-double threat pretty much every single night and a pretty, pretty solid facilitator. His shooting has obviously taken a big dip, but he's done the other things pretty solidly. And Kemba is also a very intriguing team. A very intriguing project, as Teams could look at him and be like, you don't necessarily need him for his defense, but he can go out, he can, we've seen Kemba get want and get buckets this season. Same thing with Alec Burks. Guys that can score. Teams, especially contenders, can look for that as sort of a score, a bench scorer there. And you mentioned Mitchell Robinson. I've always been a fan of him, and it's sort of he hasn't gotten to where the Knicks wanted him to be. I the Pistons have been rumored to be in on him. The, there are rumors maybe he'll go be in the Aaron Fox deal, but I don't know if that's as probable. But Mitchell Robinson could be seeing a lot of suitors of a team that wants a guy that can rebound and Unrestri- also unrestricted well- free
1: agent, so the Knicks need to get assets for him. So they're not going to sign him
0: is less value, but along the same lines as Robinson, the guy that was third in the league in blocks per game last season and has but hasn't been fully healthy, but can like defend inside and rebound when you need him to.
1: Yeah. All right. So enough talk about the Atlantic division. Now back to the Kings for a second. We'll mm. stay out west for a bit longer. You think they're done, Sam? I can't no, I can't I can't see
0: them being done. I can't. You don't make that was reported that executives and the Kings said they are they've said flat out they are not done yet. And I think the only thing that this could mean, Harrison Barnes, like, I think maybe, I don't really don't know what this actually could mean. Like, Harrison Barnes is really their only other asset if they're playing, unless they're playing on keeping Darren Fox. So, unless, like, they're blinding back and the Kings are playing to pull off something completely, completely blind us again. And, like, go back on the word on keeping Harrison Barnes and Darren Fox. I wouldn't be surprised by that, to be completely honest. But they've claimed they're not done yet. Jeremy Grant could be in play. I mean, I really don't know.
1: I don't know. I don't don't think they're done. I think they have to move someone. I don't know who that's going to be. Or otherwise, they're just going to roll with this team and hope for the best. Uh, Now on to the Lakers. Currently sitting at ninth in the West at 26-29, four and a half games back at Denver for the sixth seed. Can they fix this team, or does it have to be internal? Does something have to change internally, likely waiting for the buyout market? Because they really only have two guys they can really trade and neither of which are very valuable right now, that being Russell Westbrook and Taylor Horton Tucker. So I don't know what they're going to move and who either wants any of those players. Like maybe the Knicks get involved in some way and go trade for Russell Westbrook. Maybe that's the move the Knicks make. I don't know who you're trading.
0: I mean, the craziest thing I've heard about the whole Lakers saga was a quote by Richard Jefferson last night. He says like, What you got is what you get. The Lakers have put himself in the position that they're pretty much stuck with this roster, unless, like you said, they test the buyout market or somebody, some beggar, the King's ransom for Russell Westbrook. And they're pretty much stuck. When the Lakers won the championship, they had a lot of depth, a lot of assets on the team. They had the Montrose Harrell. They had had the Kuzmas. They had the KCPs of the world. They had role players that knew how to get the job done. And they don't have guys that, their guys can't move and Frank Fogel's a defensive coach who is probably going to be unfortunately fired in, in the coming weeks if not something isn't figured out. And they'll have to, so, you know. Right. And LeBron, has been proven they haven't been be able to have been healthy. And Westbrook cannot be a third option on a team. This team, unless someone wants a Kings ransom for Westbrook, I don't see them making any changes. I don't see their situation changing unless LeBron decides to go crazy God mode, which we've seen before, and AD plays up to his potential.
1: We might see playoff LeBron pushing it, pushing P. All right. Pacers time. Are they done,
0: Sam? Do we think they're done? Because I don't think so. I think someone else gets moved. The guy we talked about a lot is Malcolm Brogdon. I really think he could be on the move, free up time, free up minutes, free up time for Halliburton. And again, Brogdon's a great piece for a lot of teams to have. He'll be under team control, I believe, for another two, three years. And he's just coming into his prime. He's shown he can get it. He's a good secondary scorer. I think a contender could look for him. I really am telling Celtics fans, you want this guy. I think he's the perfect fit for the Celtics to get them over the top. And I really wouldn't be surprised if the Pacers are done. But I think they put themselves in a good position if they want to choose to go in and then try to change around their season this year. Or they can plan for the future and maybe give it like two three years. They've retooled very well. Yeah,
1: I, th- I don't think they're done yet. I think some will be moved. Miles Turner and TJ Warren being injured right now. Definitely does not help that case. Uh, I think they'll wind up clearing cap face. I'd like to see Turner get moved to someone who needs a center, but we'll get into that in our trade section. All right, Sam, let's talk about our favorite team of the past decade now the Golden State Warriors, currently sitting three games back of the Suns for the NBA lead and second in the Western Conference of 41 and 13. Did they make a play for someone
0: big? The Warriors are in the best spot of any team in the NBA. They have some amazing assets to play with, guys that can even choose to take a long term route and not go in on this year. But if they want to, they can make a play for a star. I mean, the craziest trade, I don't think it's going to happen. Warriors get Carl Anthony Towns. They have the assets to do it. I don't think the Timberwolves are giving them up unless they give up a Kings rent. They have a ransom to give. What's so your asset Warriors- you're giving back? Like, what do you give it? Like,
1: what's that deal center around? They're not going to give up play. They're not going to give up. You're percent yeah, Andrew Wiggett. Kamingo Wiseman,
0: Kamingo Wiseman and two picks. and like Kamingo Wiseman Moody and like two picks. Is that like what's going to take? I don't, I don't see the Tim Wolves doing that because that's not the direction they want to go. They're also but
1: in. They're also in a play. They're on the top of the plane right now. Game back of the of guaranteed a spot.
0: I don't see them doing that. Just I think they're just a team to watch and the Warriors do crazier things. And I wouldn't rule them out with making a move. They've been in rumors for pretty much the entire summer the entire season, I think it'll be very interesting to see what they do.
1: Again, maybe they replace the big man. Maybe they go get a Miles Turner or a Jeremy Grant to play up front. I don't know if necessarily that's the best move because you have young guys under contract that you're not paying a lot and are playing well.
0: I could see D'Angelo Russell being moved, though. I think he's a name to watch. Back to the Warriors? Not back. I'm saying in general. I think D'Angelo Russell is, gen, is, is in general a, a guy to watch.
1: Yeah. What trade do you want to see, Sam?
0: Oh, my God. Again, I'm wishful thinking. terms of trains that I want to see just in terms of my team. I want to see Dame Willard in a Knicks jersey. I don't think it'll happen, but I want to see, like, you said that, Dame, if he was to be traded, he wants to go play in New York. So made that perfectly clear.
1: And Knicks, hey, you want to make that happen
0: cam- right now? Like, don't, You want to go trade Cam Reddish? Do that. Like, I would love to have Damian Willard in a Knicks jersey. Like, he is – I've been a fan of Damian Willard for a while, and he's just – like, it's Damian Willard. And I think I would love to see him in a Knicks jersey. I don't think it'll happen by any stretch of my imagination. It would be great to see. But another trade I want to see, maybe, Pascal Siakam on the Dallas Mavericks. I think he is the piece to get them over the top and intention to make a run for the playoffs. What
1: are they trading, I
0: guess? <laughs> They have Brunson. Brunson could be in play. They got Brunson, to play Tim Dorian Finney Smith, Dorian, Dorian Finney-Smith. Siakam could be a great secondary option as Brunson's most likely leaving in the offseason, and they can get, get some assets for him. And the wrap. And I really think, and even though the Raptors are playing well and they may not give up Siakam, I wouldn't be surprised, but I would love to see Siakam in a Mavericks jersey because I've always been a friend of Luka, and I kind of want to see them get over the hump and maybe make a deep run in the playoffs.
1: You know, that's an interesting one for me. I'd like to see Miles Turner on the Hornets. I like that. Lamella Ball needs a big man. Michael Jordan, go get Melo Dip. A big man. You're currently sitting at the night. TJ PJ team. Washington. Tra- make your moves, get the right people. You have your pieces together. He is hurt right now, so it's a tough sell. Get that stretch five, and I think if they can get Miles Turner, obviously healthy, maybe Jeremy Grant also kind of fits that bill. But currently, the ninth seed, they could—I could definitely see the Hornets jumping up to getting a top six seed in the East.
0: That's their one hole. They very much have good depth at every other position. They've been begging for a center for the for the past few years.
1: Yeah, Sabonis would have been a nice fit there, too, but that happened already. That would
0: have been fun to watch. All
1: right. Bold predict- Any final bold predictions, Sam? We've been talking about this for a while.
0: Final bold predictions. I think that James Harden will be traded tonight. I think it's going down, just the way things have escalated. Again, I, could, I, think, I think they should waste no time. I think James Harden is gone tonight.
1: Fuck it. That was not super. I, I wanted to go that route, but I'm not right, going go to go that, both. No, 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 no. Let me think. Of, let me get one here. Uh, I'm going to say the Sixers do not get James Harden, cannot get a deal done with the Nets, but they find a way to get a third trade partner between them, the Celtics, and pick another team to fit. Jalen Brown winds up in Philly by the, by Thursday.
0: Whoa, lock that in. That's
1: a big one. You said bold. I gave you bold. <laughs> you want to try one up here, Sam? Bolder
0: than mine. You want to one up me? One up me. Try it. Want me to try to one up you? Do it. Live on the Hawk. Want me to, to one up you? My Do bold it. trade. I think Jeremy Grant will wind up the New York Knicks. I think Jeremy Grant will be a New
1: York Knicks. All right. And that concludes our trade deadline update. Obviously, this might look silly in the matter of hours based on if people get moved, people don't get moved.
0: But multiple times on this podcast, I am more than willing to eat my words.
1: <laughs> so am I, as I've been wrong on every pick since the wild card round <laughs> in football so far. Over for 6. All right. Now, Sam, it is time for our... Hot of the day. And you know what, Sam? I want you to lead us I off. We'll the- I think I want you to lead us off.
0: Hog of the day is if anyone's been following NBA Twitter this entire day, you see the clash between Ryan Windhorse and Woj. Ryan Windhorse, I believe, around like two PM today, said that the deal for James Harden was close. They were talking, engaging, and a deal would be done this afternoon, maybe even tonight. But then Woj comes out and says there are no negotiations going on, and left everybody on NBA Twitter confused out of their minds including myself because nobody knows what to believe at this point you have to wait until it happens which is annoying because now there's no traction as you don't know what to believe and you just have to hand on the stand sit at the edge of your seats and just wait for something to happen sixer fans i pity you for this you know one way or another
1: this deal is going to have a significant tampering investigation and we're going to be able to and we're going to see the highest tampering fines ever My Hawk of the Day comes from a different sport that we call baseball that we're not seeing right now. Uh, And one of my favorite movie franchises that Christian Bale plays in, Batman Trilogy. The Dark Knight Rises Uh Again in court. Shout out to Sam for the (laughs) wedding. Matt Harvey was granted immunity and currently serving as defendant in the Tyler Skaggs death lawsuit. As he was mentioned by Eric Kay, the clubhouse manager who was supplying Tyler Skaggs, as a defendant for where allegedly Tyler Skaggs was receiving Percocets from Matt Harvey. Now that this is wrong on so many levels, but this is just another list. Unlike the laughability of how everything's gone wrong for Matt Harvey since he left the Mets. Guys, life lesson: don't simp for supermodels who have new boyfriends.
0: But Manfred's going to going to have a public address tomorrow. What do we think? Just like as I sort of ended off, what do you think that, what do you think that means, Mitch? What do you think going to happen there?
1: I think Manfred is just going to like say, a, I don't think I like, I'd say on like a one in 20 chance that this is actually impactful. I don't think the players think anything's changing. The play, they want to bring in the mediator. That didn't work out well. It should be interesting. I did see the MLB, MLB shows announcing that Randy Johnson and Ryan Howard are going to be the announcers for the show 22, which is really exciting. <laughs>
0: I'm I'm like intrigued.
1: That should do it for us today. I'm
0: intrigued
1: as well. That should do it for us today on the Highland Talk. We hope you enjoyed our NBA trade deadline coverage. We will be back Friday with our first in a series of talks about the sports industry as a whole. We're going to be spending Friday's episode talking about different aspects of college sports, the economics, the rules, the deals, NIL. We got you covered on all of it. Once again, I am Mitch Wolf.
0: I am Zen Kages, and we will see
1: you next time on The Highland Talk. Good night, everybody.